beers, it's time for Beer Me a Movie. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And this is the show that uh, we recorded in December. Yeah, way back. And that we promised you in December, and we couldn't deliver in December (laughs) because we got way too drunk in December. That's exactly what happened. Tis the season? It was, at a point. (laughs) But now it's like April, and we're finally gifting this to you, the masses. Against our better judgment. It is very much against better judgment. But this week, we are finally giving you National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, The Drunk Cut. And oh boy, is it. Oh boy, is it. We had to record this intro and eventually the outro also. We're four months after we recorded the initial episode, and I I finally started drinking that whiskey again. Uh, I have had a tiny little bit of the whiskey that I had that night. I have not had any more of those pickles, and you'll find out about that soon. That's the right move. To kind of set the stage a little bit. For our Patreon episodes, our first crappy hour ever did, where we talked about Kirk Cameron saving Christmas, we got very, very drunk to kind of lube up our gears to do the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation episode, which we promised would be a drunk episode. Exactly. But we kind of underestimated just how drunk Kirk Cameron would get us. And I guess what follows is our slippery slope anew, deep, deep, deep inebriation. Oh, big time. Um, blackout drunk by the end of this thing. Is there anything you want to say before everybody listens? Uh, I'm pretty sure everything you just said, I will say about seven or eight more times once the actual episode starts. That's very, very fair. I barely edited this thing. There's a lot of little peeks behind the curtain of how we do this show. But um, <laughs> without further ado, here's National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, The Drunk Cut. Cheers. Bury your ears because it's time for Beer Me a Movie. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And this is the show where me and Brian go back and forth every week, except this one because you, the audience, chose what we're going to talk about this week. This is two weeks in a row that you chose for us, audience. You've pretty much decided our fate on how we're going to go about life with this show. Half of our December has been chosen by you, our audience. I'm not upset about that. For what it's worth. So far, so good. Yeah, honestly. I agree completely. But this week, it is our Christmas episode. And for our lovely, lovely patrons, you know what we've been through at this point. Nog me a movie. We, we nogged ourselves a movie of the crappy hour variety. And me and Brian, we got drunk. We sure did. And uh, currently? I'm feeling a type of way. We are drunk. As we record this episode, which is your choice, which we put out a poll and you voted for us to talk about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation from 1989, directed by famous director Jeremiah S. Chechik. That's the guy who did The Avengers. Which was also a bottom... (laughs) Not the one you're thinking of. It's the 1998 version with Uma Thurman and Sean Connery and whatnot. And Ray Fiennes? Is that the one? Do you remember when we were doing K-Podcasters? We were like, we should do an April Fool's episode where we're going to do the Avengers and do that But not that one? I'm glad we didn't do that. Directed by Jeremiah (laughs) S. Chechikin. Chechik. Chechikik? Chechik. By the way, we're drunk. (laughs) We promised you all a very drunk episode. For our Uh, Christmas special, and we're delivering. By golly, we're delivering. (laughs) Christmas vacation, Brian. Christmas vacation. Have you ever seen this thing how many times? 
So many times. Not as many times as I've seen A Christmas Story, but to be fair, that plays, I've seen that at least seven times every single year. Sure. So, um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is a movie that I did not see until actually very late in my life. I uh, I did not know what the hype was. How late would you say? How how old were you when you finally experienced Rusty in the Navy? Uh, I mean, it was probably only five years ago. That is way too fucking recent. So late. Now, like, I'm not saying I'm in my mid-30s, but, like, I was in my early 30s when I first <laughs> saw this movie. <laughs> that, that's very, very fair. I've seen this movie countless amounts of times. It's one of my most quoted movies in my life. <sighs> yeah. And it probably uh, will be the most quoted movie in my life when we're done with this episode because I'm looking at the bottle because we recorded our Patreon episode on Kirk Cameron saving Christmas before oh. we did this. Oh, where we when said we, we started would that, up. I had three bottles. I'm down to one. I had a fresh bottle, and that bottle is now half empty. I also had a jar full of moonshine pickles. Where did you get just... moonshine pickles? The liquor store. They just had moonshine. What yeah, is Virginia like... doing at this point? They're like, oh, Old Smokey also makes pickles, by the way. You could eat the pickles and then drink the moonshine. So far, I've only eaten the pickles, but I only have like s- five pickles left. That is of this like jar. The hillbilly way of doing like the vodka gummy bears. It's it's the cousin Eddie way of <laughs> <You> doing <know? laughs> it. The shitter, the is shitter's full. Full. We have to have pickles. Um, should we just dive into God this damn feature? It. I mean. <laughs> Good luck reading, by the way, because uh, yeah, I'm happy uh, I don't have to. Listeners, we love you, and hopefully this is, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Apologies and you're welcome. Yes, all of that. Uh, the first category of our scoring system uh, out of 100 points is the story motivation category, which is, of course, out of 10 points because there's 10 categories. Y- you've been here for a few weeks. You understand. Story motivation, direct from the Wikipedia, let me read you the synopsis of National Lampoon's A Christmas Vacation. Can I set the scene just a little bit? Oh, please do. Uh, Brian has finished off two bottles of whiskey. There was a little bit left in each of those bottles, but he's honest. There was there. a bottle of Buffalo Trace. There was a bottle of uh, Old Forester, 1897, bottle of Bond. Now I am on the Bookers. You are on the Bookers. I have drinking a half bottle of high west american prairie bourbon i've also had at least at least four old smoky moonshine pickles and i'm also wearing my clark griswold chicago blackhawks you sure as hell are and you're rocking it because i'm in the christmas spirit it's the hap hap happiest christmas since (laughs) bing crazy danced with danny fucking k I had a Santa hat on earlier, but it was interfering with my headphones, so I removed it. You had to. It was a very big Santa hat. Uh, get, the, get into the plot synopsis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Story and motivation from Wikipedia. <clears throat> He's clearing the voice because he wants that, that sultry voice to come through. You got to get the, uh, uh, the. No, thing. no, no. You don't have to get the. Uh. <laughs> it's you, Brian. It's you. I don't know if I need to say sorry or thank you, but <laughs> Chicago area resident Clark. Chicago Griswold. land. They don't even call themselves the Chicago area. It's kind of like you have the tri-state area, which is three states, Connecticut, New Jersey, and New York. 
there they have the Chicago land area. I'm five words in this synopsis, and you're interrupting me with corrections. Yeah, I'm calling bullshit. All right, well, we'll call bullshit on a Wikipedia. <laughs> I will. Because I will not give them my $2 this month. Chicago area resident Clark Griswold, uh, Ch- Chevy fucking Chase. Yeah, he deserves the fucking. I don't know what you're waiting for. Nah, I don't know. Plans to have a great <laughs> Christmas with his entire family. He drives his wife, Ellen, who is played, of course, by Beverly fucking D'Angelo. His daughter, Audrey, played by uh, Juliet fucking Lewis. And his son, Rusty, played by Johnny fucking Galecki. Yeah, this movie's stacked. Stacked by people who will be famous eventually. <laughs> he drives them out to... Uh, oh, he plans to have a great Christmas with his entire family. He drives his wife, Ellen, daughter, Audrey, and son, Rusty, out to the country to find a tree. But he has to, like, compete with a car, a truck, who's being a dickhead? Uh, the biggest dickhead of highway travel. It's not highway. It's side road, road fast road driving travel. travel. But you have, like, that whole brake checking scene where they just keep brake checking each other. And eventually right. and Clark is going to drive the off the wall. Uh, off the wall. Jesus fucking Christ. Hey, he's going to drive off the road. The road. But also no. I appreciate the way that this is all set up because you have... Audrey and Rusty in the backseat, not portrayed by anybody who's portrayed them before. Right, of course. While you have Clark not important. and Ellen in the front seat singing Christmas carols as they're now underneath a truck, a full-blown lumberjack truck. Hogging logs. Hogging logs. Hauling logs. I don't know how to speak anymore. Hogging laws. Guys, uh, if you want to know how we got here, join our Patreon. Jesus fucking Christ. Can we talk about the National Lampoon (sighs) Cinematic Universe real fast? Yeah, let's do that. You know how people get really pissed off about the MCU changing actors, the DCEU changing actors? They get pissed off about it, but it's so minuscule compared. It to- is so minuscule, but why don't people get more upset about the National Lampoon's universe changing actors? Because this is not the same Rusty. This is not the same Audrey. No. But it is the same Clark and Ellen. You know, as long as the Clark and Ellen are the same, who gives a shit? But that's the way it should be through and through about all you this know stuff. What? Yeah, occasionally. What what can you do? Uh, a a what's his name turns into into a Don Cheadle, <laughs> the man who just retired from acting, who I didn't know was acting still, who I can't remember his name. With a name, he has a name. I would remember it if you are uh, more talking, sober. Keep talking. Keep talking. Keep talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm googling uh, hustle and flow right now. He was in Pearl Harbor. Uh, Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. Terrence, Terrence Howard is. We knew it the whole time. This whole time, it, it was uh, top Terrence of mind Howard. the entire time because he was so important that he had to announce his retirement from acting. All we're saying is sometimes that Terrence Howard becomes a Don Cheadle, and there's nothing you can do about that. No, but also at the same time, I kind of wish I would become a Don Cheadle at at points. So I and get sometimes it. Um, uh, other Russ Griswold becomes a Johnny Johnny Galecki. Galecki. Um, words and big bang theories <laughs> you know the guy we know yes. from the thing did we mention that this is a drunk episode uh clark is gonna get a fucking tree uh yes um after walking through the snow for hours clark picks out the largest tree he can find 
And uh, realizing too late that they did not bring any tools to cut the tree <laughs> down, they are forced to upfront, uproot. Upfront? In, in, instead, it, reading is hard. Uproot it instead <laughs> uh, before driving home with the tree strapped to the roof of their car. I love this so much. Clark is a really interesting character because he, he is. He is all about going to the extreme to make his family happy too. He's super into the Christmas spirit. He too. wants to uphold the family traditions. He's obsessed with the Griswold family tree, the Griswold family Christmas. Exactly. He, he wants, wants to, to establish his own traditions, but the Christmas to remember. He Christmas is so hard that he forgets a saw. Christmas is so hard. Yeah, Christmas is our hard. You know, normally I go to like a parking lot and they're like, we got trees and they're more expensive than you think they are. I go to my basement and get that's my a artificial Be- tree. I was going to say that's a lie because I don't go to uh, parking lots. I go to Amazon.com and they deliver me a 10 foot Christmas tree that is pre-lit and I set it up knowing that I will only be able to enjoy it for three days <laughs> before I travel uh some odd hours to my mother's house in georgia it is both et, the et saddest cetera, thing etc and also the most appropriate thing yeah good for well, you uh tis the season tis a season it is <laughs> soon after both <laughs> clark's and ellen's parents arrive for christmas but their bickering quickly begins to annoy the family. As it fucking should. It must hurt both the best and the worst. You've got Clark Griswold Sr. And you've got Nora Griswold. You've got Art Smith and Francis Smith. No, hold on a second. I'm going to pause you on the Francis Smith because it is... Because because is because because it is Doris, it is Doris fucking, Roberts. fucking Roberts. It is Ray Romano's mother. Everybody, Raymond, Raymond, Deborah, Deborah. I can't do voices at this point. I'm too drunk. Um, hi ho. You hi-ho. know, you know Doris Roberts. Hi ho. We're gonna go to into the forest the- and get a tree. Yay! Yay! Mm. Hey everybody. We have to, um, we have to duck Doris Roberts for a second because she's my mom. Doris Roberts is a goddamn treat in this. She has, like, a martini in hand at all times. At all times. She's fantastic. I love her. Everybody in this movie is fantastic. Just assume everyone's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, E.G. fucking Marshalls, Diane fucking Ladd, John fucking Randolph, etc. Etc. Clark. However, maintains a positive attitude despite his in-laws and parents being in the house. Well, he gets really excited because he's, he's all about throwing this perfect Christmas. He's and the determined second the to in-laws have show up, he's like, I'm going to fuck off to the fun, outside. old-fashioned family Christmas. That is what he's about right now. Now, me and Brian are in a bit of a different headspace when it comes to all this stuff. It's true. I'm reading the Wikipedia. Dave is just going from the gut. I'm going from the gut, and Brian is single, unmarried. He set up a tree, all his lonesome, and I have All right, well, like, don't make it sound so sad. Brian hung a literal noose 
from one of the top branches. There is a 10-foot Christmas tree in my living room right <laughs> Brian now. Brian is 5 foot 11 and he might hang himself from it. First Has four of all, feet of clearance. First of all, I would be offended if you didn't fucking nail my height. <laughs> because I am 5'11", you son of a bitch. <laughs> One inch short of being acceptable by most people on Tinder. Yeah, absolutely. I am acceptable. Barely. Uh, I've been called. Depending on depending on the, the convenience world. store I'm robbing, <laughs> I am six foot tall. If they happen to mismeasure the way they hang their yeah, at le- in at least half of 7-Elevens, I'm six foot. I'm six foot in the least... All right, fuck all the way off. The, uh, I might not be six foot. My license says I'm six foot, but I don't think I am. My license says I'm 5'11", so like, at least I'm a fucking honest. But what did you put for your dick size on your license? Did they well, ask my you? Di- my dicks, uh, they didn't ask, but it, had they, it would be a lie. <laughs> it depends on if they're asking flats. I'm a grower, not a shower. Brian's all about that girth. He's not so much about the length. He's about the width. I'm spit taking because he's accurate. (laughs) Off the rails. So this is a fun episode, right? (laughs) Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Tis the season for girth. And to all a good night. Where were we? Uh, Uh, Doris Roberts. Rainbow. Doris Roberts, the saint she is. She is the saint. Uh, Raymond. <laughs> Basically what uh, Chevy Chase, Clark Roosevelt is doing. You're doing it for the kids. Yeah, Deborah. Do it, Deborah. Do it for the kids, Deborah. Do it kids, Ellen. He covers the house's entire exterior with 25,000 twinkling lights. Now, I want to put this in perspective because my Christmas tree that I have here in my home, yeah, it has 500 lights on it. Mine has 900. That is a 10-foot tree yes. minus an 8-foot tree. Exactly. So uh, if we're talking lights per foot, I'm winning. You have defeated me. And I have zero children. It's all for me. I don't know what to do with that information. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> Uh, I, but, I didn't know it was a competition until this moment. <laughs> but checking all the lights on 25,000 lights is so many lights. something that only a psycho fucking path would do. Yeah, 100%. Um, so his lights failed to work at first as he accidentally wired them through his garage's light switch. He doesn't know that yet, though. When they finally come on, they temporarily cause a holy shit Brian citywide power shortage and create chaos for Clark's yuppies neighbors Todd and Margot Chester who are of course played by Nicholas Guest and Julia fucking Louis fucking Dreyfus they might be my favorite part of this movie they and there are so many favorite parts of this movie Every part of this movie is my favorite part of the movie. I love this movie so fucking much. This movie is 97 minutes, and it feels like it's five hours in the best way. In the best way. like There are movies that are 120 minutes that feel like 400 in a bad way, but this is the opposite. I don't know how it's the opposite, because, again, 
I I am now looking at Brian Chichi that he's he's created and his ninety seven minutes. It's surprisingly and, amount of characters too. Yeah, and it makes no sense why it's as short as it is, but as long as it is. But I want to live with this family. I want them to adopt me. I want Chevy Chase. I want to be a Griswold to adopt me now. And also, make, we should talk make about me a Clark the Fourth or the, whatever it is. Yeah, I'm okay doing that. But we should talk about one of the greatest cinematic mysteries of all time, oh, and it's something okay. that Clark Griswold does often because. Clark Griswold is a bit of a, a, a pusshound. I don't know any other way of putting it. He likes the ladies. When you're right, you're right. He goes to a department store, and he gets somehow the lady working at the department store to show him his underwear. Mary, played by Nicolette Scorsese. No, I don't know. No relation. Her... No relation. I looked it up. Honestly, Apparently her nickname is, I forgot it at this point. It's I was like, going to say, I don't know if there's a relation, it, there's but if you not, looked into it. There's okay. not a uh, relation at all. I, I Mar- talked. I called Marty, and he said, nope. <laughs> hey, Marty. He said, who's this? And I no. got to know about Nicole, Nicolette. And he was <laughs> like, don't fucking know her. Clark Griswold is obsessed with ladies. And the greatest mystery in the cinematic universe, in the history of cinema. The... Vacate the National Lampoon's no, 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 in the greater universe, the entire cinematic universe, yes, is the entirety of cinema. How in the fuck are you looking at other women when you're married to Beverly D'Angelo? Beverly D'Angelo, if you have that on lock, you keep that on lock, you keep that on lock. Why are you? It is the perfect woman. I honestly don't understand what more you could be looking for. I don't know what you're expecting. Like, honestly, a Nicolette Scorsese does not compare. No, it doesn't. To a Beverly D'Angelo. But also a hubris of knowing that you locked up a Beverly D'Angelo. Yeah. And then, like, especially when Russ shows up and you're like, yeah, Russ, you don't see a line, do you? You're like, oh, fuck. Uh, come on, guy. <laughs> come on, guy. You're training uh rusty to be you at that die hard to just the facts ma'am <laughs> oh my god uh we're off the rails brian oh i'm so off the rails can you get me on the rails again quickly, quickly okay quickly 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 hold on hold on let me see if i can still read <laughs> oh my i'm watching brian <clears throat> and it is um it's not going well homeboys had a few whiskeys and a few pickles you <laughs> Need to listen to our Patreon episode on saving Christmas. If you are saving Christmas, uh, if you're questioning why I'm as drunk as I am right now, join our Patreon and you will understand. Our patron. See, I can't even say Patreon as a full word at this point. Let me say this before I finish this glass of whiskey that I'm working on. We love you all. To all of you, a a Merry Christmas and a a Merry Christmas. And And whatever happens from here on out happens. I appreciate you, Dave. Thank you for I appreciate covering you, me. Brian and I will cover all the asses. Honestly, I um I feel even better that you said the I appreciate you part because you don't need to. Because <laughs> at this point you are carrying this. I am hamskied. <laughs> I don't know if I am carrying. Um, <clears throat> Like, if I were carrying, I'd have scoliosis right now, and I have the yeah. straightest of backs. No, for sure. I'm going to try to read for a second, if you don't mind. Do the, do the reading. When they finally come on, 
the lights temporarily cause a citywide power shortage. They gotta, like, flip on the nuclear switch. And create chaos for Clark's yuppie neighbors, Todd and Margot Chester, who I, I feel like I already mentioned are played by Nicholas Guest and Julia you, you fucking Louis-Dreyfus. So, they were gonna do the sex, and then they couldn't do the sex as lights. Because lights. But then lights. comedy ensued. Comedy ensues. They ended up having to clean up in in brightness. It's a whole and then thing. in darkness, and then brightness and darkness. Then someone fell down the stairs, and they're having marital issues, which should be the bigger yeah, yeah, thing yeah. of the movie. But fuck them well, because they're honestly, yuppies. I don't even know if they're married. They are. Married. They're just like they're like hanging out. They're not hanging out. They have the same last name. So that's, we have a Margot Chester and Todd Chester, All right. fair, which fair, means fair, fair. they're presumably married. Brian, listen, as a single man, yeah. I don't know how all this works. While standing on the front lawn admiring the lights, Clark is shocked to see Ellen's country-based cousin, Catherine, and her husband, Eddie, as they arrive unannounced with their children, Rocky and Ruby Sue, and their pet Rottweiler, Snots. I would not normally say this, because he's a terrible fucking human being, but Randy fucking Quaid. Randy fucking Quaid. Oh, no. Here's the thing, though. As a terrible human being, he's nailing the role. He's absolutely nailing the role. And I think that's the most disgusting part about this entire movie. (laughs) Donnie, one of our favorite listeners that we have, he's always in his element. He's always in his element, especially when... When he picked up last month's Patreon pick. I agree, but Donnie, you're going to have to slide over just a hair. Because Randy fucking Quaid is about to become, in his element, of being a total piece of shit here. And he lives in an RV. He parks in the driveway. His shitter's full. And he drains into the sewer drain. Shitter's full. But Randy Quaid is Randy Quading all over the screen. And he's somehow related to the more famous Quaid who does the... Day After Tomorrow, The Rookie, the Dennis variety of the Quades. There are two Quades, y'all. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to fill space because I'm eating another oh, one of these whiskey. Stop uh, diving into the pickles. pickles, my friend. The pickles are so good. I understand that they're so good. And I like how you started out by saying, like, they taste like moonshine. Now you're like, they taste like pickles. It's like, honestly... The progression is not wasted on me because because at first nothing like pickles. They taste like shit. Now they just taste like pickles. Can we get to the scene with the Wally World commemorative cups or whatever? Where Randy Quaid is like wearing that weird turtleneck that definitely is not a full turtleneck. It's like the weird shirt that doesn't go all the way down i don't understand how that works Why you're you saying that? words and i'm listening to you but at the same time i'm just gonna read what the wikipedia says because that's my job yeah that is your job you're not wrong apologies to the union that is the, <laughs> <laughs> the wikipedia union please donate we're gonna take up 50 percent of your screen so you give us a dollar <laughs> Eddie later admits yeah. that they are living in the RV and they arri- th- th- that they arrived in as he is broke and has been forced to sell his home and acreage. You know, he had to sell his home and acreage because he sent money to a church of some sorts. 
Maybe. No, that's what he did. He sent to like a pastor or whatever, like a television pastor, which I'm happy that last week tonight, John Oliver and Rachel Dratch said, don't fucking do that. Hey, listen, if you're about to give money to a church, maybe don't. Maybe fucking don't. If you listen to the episode that we did before we recorded this. Yeah, please go to our Patreon. Donate as little as little as a dollar. Holy shit, Brian. You're doing great. You're doing great. I'm in a way. You are in a way, as no one says. Yeah, that's Uh, the saying. I am 100% grabbing just uh, Gatorade at this point. You're drinking cucumber lime, though, and that is what fucking peasants drink because it's disgusting. You mean the best Gatorade (laughs) I do not. (laughs) At my local grocery store, because I was buying too much Gatorade, I bought the powdered mix of like grape Gatorade. Don't I guarantee. Do that. All right, first better. of all, powdered <laughs> grape Gatorade is bottom of the barrel. Period. Everybody will yeah, agree. Have you, have you met the me? worst Gatorade? <laughs> yeah, it's artificial grape and it's in powder form. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> powdered grape. I didn't even know that was legally available. It is legally available. They sell it. We're doing great in powdered form. If you hate anybody, here's what you need to give them. Oh, do you run a dungeon? Here's powdered This isn't a dungeon fucking area. Carry on with your synopsis. Okay. okay. It's going to be a miracle if we get through this, uh, because my room has, has spun now. So let's see what happens. From here on out. Eddie later admits that they are living in the RV they arrived in. Yeah, they did that. As he is broke and they are forced to sell his home and acreage. An acreage, yeah, we did that already. In addition, his older children are busy, are too busy to join (laughs) Eddie in the visit. Well, he's got a kid named Rocky, and he's got a kid named Ruby Sue, and they don't do fucking dick all throughout this Ruby movie. Sue actually does a decent amount. Well, she's the, the emotional support for Clark at a point. Yeah, Clark offers to buy gifts for Eddie's kids so they still enjoy Christmas. Yeah, and he's a good, he's a good uncle, man. He is a good uncle, especially considering he's already sank most of his money into this uh, pool scheme. He has a swimming pool that he is working on buying, and he is using his yearly bonus in order to pay for this, and that somehow becomes like the first act issue, Yeah, as long as the third act issue, not so much second act issue. So soon afterward, Clark Senal, Aunt Bethany, and grumpy Uncle Lewis arrive as well. Yeah, the uh, whole family's here. We did it. Clark begins to wonder if his boss, Frank Shirley, who is played by an actor it is who, whose name is... Brian Doyle Murray. Brian Doyle Murray. The brother of the Bill Murray. One of said Murrays. He has not given him his yearly bonus. And, and Clark was like, what, what's the deal with that? What? Uh... He desperately needs it. said bonus to replace to for the pool. an advanced placement he's made on his swimming pool in in the uh, coming summer. We promised you a drunk episode. 
I feel like we are fully delivered. I feel like we're, we might be over-delivering on a drunk episode. <laughs> it's possibly over-delivering, but here we are. So after a disastrous Christmas Eve dinner, along <laughs> it's with- the driest turkey in the world, where Clark has a thing where he likes to build up the anticipation of things. He likes to blow things out of proportion. He cuts his turkey and it is just bone dry. It is the driest you've ever seen him dry. And along with Bethany's cast getting electrocuted and Uncle Lester Lewis. Lewis. We have to skip is. so many fucking things right now. Uncle Lewis hard. accidentally burning down the Christmas tree. He did it. While lighting his cigar. He finally receives an envelope from a Christmas messenger. Oh my God. Oh. He receives uh, an envelope from a Christmas messenger who. Says, I lost the spoon of seeds. Here you go. Here's your Jelly of the Month Club. And Clark opens it and he's like, Fuck this. If uh, you know what would be a great Christmas present is if someone brought me Mr. Shirley who is fuck- at this yeah, very specific yeah. address for whatever reason. Dave, to can my I doorstep. say that I appreciate you at I'm, this very moment right now? Well, I appreciate you and I'm doing my best that I can from my memories. Yeah. Um, Christmas is going to go very poorly. It, and, very poorly. And, Especially because Clark Senel. Aunt yeah. Bethany and Grumpy Uncle Lewis are going to just just sweet Jesus. What ever, uh, Aunt Bethany's ever. gonna say grace by saying the pledge of allegiance as you do, as you do. But fuck it, let's skip ahead. Jelly man. of the month club. Yeah. that's what we're getting to, right? Jelly of the month. That's what we're getting to. It was the jelly of the month, and that's the not commitment like... to this episode <sighs> is way too strong. Yeah, I feel like the commitment is stronger than than the synopsis. I agree. Taking Clark's request literally, Eddie drives to Frank's mansion and kidnaps uh, Clark's boss. He kidnaps the Brian Dahmer. Because Clark is like, ah, my boss is the fucking worst. I wish he was here right now. Blah, blah, blah. Eddie's like, I can do that for you, buddy, because you bought my kids presents. (laughs) That sums it up pretty nicely. I don't care if you read anymore. Uh, Just sum it up at this point. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going to be tricky to get through either way. Frank admits to having concealed the Christmas bonuses. And he Clarks. He Clarks. uh, He Clarks. (laughs) If you're listening still, God bless your soul. God. He Clark's the bonus. Uh, <laughs> Basically, what Clark gets, he gets Jelly Month Club. Yeah, Frank decides not to press charges and oh, explains yeah. the situation to to his wife and the SWAT leader, both of whom scold him for his decision to scrap yeah, the bonuses. He was, he was a cheap boy. And everyone called him on it. They were like, and, oh, you, yeah. you got rid of the bonuses? That's a bullshit move. You're a dickhead. <laughs> or something. Uh, you know, paraphrasing. Yes, yes. It wasn't drunk episode the right idea? I don't know. <laughs> it was a poor idea, in retrospect. Frank decides not to press charges and explains the situation to his wife and the SWAT leader, both of whom scold him. For I'm so happy I to scrap the bonuses, I feel like I just—that is the part I literally just said. Literally closed. 
and I just open them, and I'm not even talking into the mic at this point. Frank ultimately decides to reinstate the bonuses and give Clark the amount he received in the previous year plus 20%. Ah, what a year. Good for him. Good good for you, Clark. You can afford that pool. (laughs) He did it. He pooled hard. The family heads outside when Rocky and Ruby Sue believe they see Santa Claus in the distance. And Clark tells them, that it is actually the Christmas star, and that he finally realizes that the ho- what what the holiday means to him. And Uncle Lewis says the light is coming from the sewage treatment plant, reminding Clark that Eddie <laughs> has been dumping his RV sewage into the nearby <laughs> storm drain. And then before Clark could stop him, Uncle Lewis. Tosses a match used into it, yeah yeah he lights his cigar and then tosses into the drain, which triggers an explosion, which sends a Santa's sleigh decoration flying into the sky. Yeah, and then you have Al and Bethany then on Bethany obviously starts singing the Star Spangled as you do. <laughs> oh, say can you see? And that's the movie. Jesus fucking Christ. I can't make eye contact with you right now. I can't even <laughs> look anyone in the eyes after uh, that. That was brutal. And just to kind of let everybody know what happened after that is, after we did the synopsis, I went outside and stood in my yard trying <laughs> not to vom. I fell asleep right here. And Brian <laughs> Asleep at the mic. When I came back, I woke Brian up and said, I think we're done. Yeah. And then I fell asleep in my chair and I woke up six hours later. <laughs> it was a disaster. I was very surprised when I woke up to see that the file was still open on my computer. I was like, oh, I guess we still have an episode. Yep. We still had it somehow against all odds. I can't believe it either. And if you're still here, oh, you trooper, you absolutely You trooper. guys are the best. We love you. That's why we gifted you this. Mistake. (laughs) We might do it again one day. Who the hell knows? Uh, I'm not looking forward to that. If you want to know what this movie scored, go listen to the other one we released back in December, the real one that we had to redo. But I guess that makes it an official episode, doesn't it, at this point? I mean, yeah, I guess so. So, Brian, I guess the next question is, what are we talking about next week? (laughs) Next week is actually the last week of the month, so it is an audience pick. So if you've stuck with us this far, then lucky you, you get to find out what we're talking about next week before anybody else. Man, I got to ask you then, how many we got on the list right now? We have 45 on the list right now. (laughs) Jesus, Uh, that's a lot. And by law, whatever is picked, we have to talk about. We have to. If you're a patron, you get two picks. So you can either have the same movie twice or you can have two different picks. If you're a normie who doesn't want great content for as little as $1 a month, because there's so much Patreon content. That you could be listening to. Yeah, you only so get one much. pick, and that's okay, too. That's fine. You know, you just have worse odds. Exactly. So, Brian, why don't you go to a little random number generator you got there, and why don't you beer us all a movie direct from the audience? Next week, we have a pick from Jeff Miners. Oh, that terrifies me, because he literally messages me like, 
beginning of every single month like the rents fucking do <laughs> changing up his picks. this is my pick now uh we're gonna be talking <laughs> about master and commander that is fan fucking tastic <laughs> i love that movie i've never seen that movie you are in for a treat everybody who haven't seen it go watch it you're in for a treat jeff high fives all around that's a fantastic pick yep so we're back to 2003 after taking a week off from the room. Feels good to be back. Two very different movies, I think. You think? You'd be surprised. <laughs> I guess I'll find out. The hard way. Next week, Master and Commander of the Far Side of the World. I can't wait. Until then, rate, review, subscribe. Join us on Patreon. You know, wrestling stuff. Email us, beermemoviepod at gmail.com. Send us your tweets at beermemoviepod. And join us on Facebook and Instagram at beermemovie, etc., etc. Thank you guys for joining us for this one. This is um, a long time coming and also very embarrassing. Yeah, that's putting it real lightly. Everybody, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in every single week. Thanks for being part of the community. You guys are absolute best. Brian, do you have anything else? That's it for me. Fantastic. Next week, Master Commander, the far side of the world. We'll see you then. And sorry for everything that you just listened to. <laughs> sorry. Bye. Bye.